That sounded like two of you playing that. Nicely done. Would you stand, please? Let's make sure everyone senses a warm welcome this morning. Would you reach around? Some of you will remember that a few weeks ago I went to my high school class reunion. Longer ago than I like to think about, I graduated from high school. And part of our reunion involved going through the old high school. We could still make it up the stairs and into the building. They're doing a lot of remodeling there. One of the places that's changing is the gymnasium. <clears throat> in those days, I had the opportunity to play basketball on that team. So we went into that gym that is no longer a gym, and which is putting, having a floor being put into the middle of it so that it will not even be recognized any longer as a one-time gym. It was almost as though I could hear the old resounding war cries as we came down the court. We could hear the crowd singing the, the song that cheered us on to sometimes victory. We are the dragons, the mighty, mighty dragons. You see, we were the dragons. Now, sometimes we didn't act much like dragons. On those occasions, the coach would get us into the locker room and we'd have a little talk. And among the other things that he would say, some of which wouldn't be repeatable in your presence this morning, I'm sure, he would remind us that we were the dragons. We were the basketball team of that high school in Kansas. And that when we got out there in the second half, we'd better remember who we were and begin to play like it. And you know, that did something to us. Because when we realized who we were, it made a difference. It always does. Who are you this morning? You might answer that by saying, well, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a homemaker. I'm an accountant. I'm a farmer. I'm a student. And on one level, that does describe who we are. It tells at least about what we do and how we're plugged into society. But I wonder on a deeper level, who are you? Well, if you're a child of God because you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, there is a special word of the New Testament that tells us who we are. And I invite you to open your Bible to Romans chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul introduces himself to these people he had never yet met face to face. As he writes the letter to them, he says, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. He goes on to say this gospel is concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh. That says something about him, doesn't it? Jesus Christ was born of the seed of David who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called saints. There's the word I want you to latch on to today. 
We are called saints by God. In answer to that question, who are you? I would hope that as a Christian, you might eventually be able to say, I am a saint. Now it's important to understand what a saint is. Because there are some today who believe that saints are a special class of people who've lived before on the earth and who through their good lives and their meritorious acts, even after they are dead and supernatural intervention in the lives of men still living, they have now been declared to be saints. But I want you to know the Word of God says that we are not canonized as saints. We are called saints. Furthermore, he is talking not about people who are already in heaven. He's talking about people who were alive that day in Rome. He says that they are those who belong to Jesus Christ. They are those who have come out from among the Gentiles, that is, the pagans, to belong in a special sense to Christ. And because of that, he says, you are saints. You see, a saint is not someone who has arrived at, at some heavenly position. A saint is not someone who lives perfectly in this world. A saint is very simply someone who has been set apart for God. That's all. So we need to get the bad definitions of saint out of our minds and understand that the New Testament says that all of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord have been set apart by God from the rest of the world to be His. And therefore we are called saints. When we understand who we are, it makes a difference how we live. Dr. Neil Anderson says, No person can consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with the way he perceives himself. You see, that's why the coach back in the locker room got on our case when we had played a bad first half. Because we were perceiving ourselves at that point as losers. And he knew that we could not play as winners until we perceived ourselves as winners. No one can consistently behave in a fashion that is inconsistent with the way that he perceives himself. How do you perceive yourself today? Do you perceive yourself as a sinner? Even as a sinner saved by grace? Well, let me tell you that the best way to perceive yourself as a child of God is not as a sinner, but what you are in truth, a saint. One who has been set apart by God's special action. One who belongs to Jesus Christ in a wonderful and personal relationship with Him. We learn about saints in the book of Romans that saints have a, a new nature. We're not the same people we used to be. Over in chapter 6 and verse 6, he says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Christ. What is he saying there? 
He is saying that that person that we used to be, that sinner that we used to be, was put to death with Jesus Christ in the mind of God. We were crucified with Christ and executed, as it were, on the cross of Calvary with Jesus Christ so that we are no longer who we used to be. We're new people. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new, says the Apostle. Saints are those who have a new nature. Dr. Anthony Hokema says, You are new creatures now. Not totally new, to be sure, but genuinely new. And we who are believers see ourselves in this way, no longer as depraved and helpless slaves of sin, but as those who have been created anew in Christ Jesus. Paul says that before our salvation, we were by nature the children of wrath. That is, because we were sinners, we lived like sinners, and we were under the judgment of God. But when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, something happens to us. We are dramatically changed. We are no longer seen as sinners in the eyes of God. He sees us now as His saints, those who belong to Him, no longer cut off and alienated from the life of God. We now share the very nature of God. Not that we are deity, not that we're eternal like God is, but in 2 Peter chapter 1 it says, we have been made sharers of the divine nature. God plants within us His very life when we are born again. How do you see yourself today? If you're a child of God, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, please don't say that you see yourself as a sinner. Even as a sinner saved by grace. Use the New Testament language which says that you're a saint in the eyes of God. You have a new nature. You're a new person. You're not who you used to be. You have been crucified with Christ. And yet you live. And yet it's not the same you. It's a new you. It's Christ living in you. Saints have a new nature. Saints have a new choice. In Romans 6 and verse 12 he says, Because these things are true... Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of, righteous, of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Saints, have a new nature. Saints have a new choice. Before we trusted Jesus Christ, sin was expected in our lives. We were sinners by nature. That's who we were. That was our identity. Sin was inevitable. 
Because we live out who we are on the inside. When we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, we get a new nature, a new heart. We're new people. and We're new in our identity before God. We're saints. And now we have a new choice. Now we can choose to present ourselves to God. To obey Him. To live righteously. We can choose to do that. Before we had no choice. We were sinners. Now we're saints. God gives us the freedom to choose. He says, don't go on yielding yourselves to sin. A saint can choose to do that. A saint can sin. We still have the capacity to sin. Because sin still dwells in our mortal bodies. But we don't have to listen to it anymore. We don't belong to sin. We're saints. We belong to God. And now we can choose to live in obedience to God. That was not a choice before. Now it's a choice. We have a new choice. We have a new identity because we have a new nature. And that new nature allows us to make a new choice, to give ourselves an obedience to God. Saints have a new power to do that. Look over in chapter 8, verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news, folks. Are you a saint who sins? Well, all of us on earth do. Because sin still dwells in us. Nonetheless, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. No condemnation. He says, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see, we have a new law that's operating inside of us. We have a new power. I've used this illustration before, but I think it gets to the point so well I want to use it again. We live in a world that uh, is controlled in part by the law of gravity. And we depend upon that law for living. As you run down the soccer field, you depend upon gravity to keep your feet firmly planted on the earth. As you sit in that chair, you expect to stay seated. You don't expect to float up. As you drink water, you expect to be able to drink the water and have it go down your throat. We live according to the law of gravity. We don't even realize it because it's such a natural part of the world. But a few decades ago, there were a couple of fellows down in North Carolina that invented an airplane that took advantage of a new set of laws, the laws of aerodynamics. And those laws have now been understood better and put into better use so that today we have airplanes. My wife laughs at me, but sometimes sitting out on our deck in the evening, I see jet planes going over and I say, there goes a 747 and is bound for London. Boy, I'd like to be on that plane. I think those planes are beautiful to behold. And I know about when that flight goes over. So I just imagine myself flying off to Europe on that plane. Then comes along a DC-10. I don't like them as well. They've only got three engines. I like four. Another spare, as far as I'm concerned. 
But I watched that plane take off, maybe it's to Finland, to Helsinki, or to Oslo. I think, boy, wouldn't it be nice to be on that plane? Now, what keeps those planes up there? It's the law of aerodynamics. But what about gravity? Well, you see, there's a new law that has superseded the law of gravity. And it allows those planes to take off and to fly to a destination on the other side of the world and then land. You and I have operating within us still the law of sin. It's operating in the members of our body. It, we, we, we face temptation. We have lusts. Lust that come from within us, temptation that comes from outside of us. That law is operating there seeking to bring us into obedience to sin. To perform what it wants us to do. Now before we were Christians, that was the only law operating in us. That was it. But now we have a new power. A new law. He calls it the law of the spirit of life. Notice the capital S on spirit because it's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now is also operating within us. And the Holy Spirit enables us to live above the law of sin and death. We don't have to be held down by that law anymore. We can overcome the law of sin and death because the Holy Spirit enables us to say no to temptation. Christians have temptations just like everybody else in the world. But Christians have the capacity to say no. And that no can be enforced by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. The law of the spirit of life supersedes the law of sin. And you and I can take advantage of that power and choose to say no to sin. Saints have a new nature. Saints have a new choice. Saints have a new power that's operating within their lives. I hope that describes you today. That when you think about who you are in your deepest identity... That you can honestly say, I am a saint. (laughs) I'm not perfect. I haven't been canonized by the church. People don't pray to me. But I'm a saint. Because I've been called by God to belong to Jesus Christ. And God has set me apart when I trusted the Lord Jesus. And I'm a saint now. And because that's who I am. That's how I want to live. I don't want to sin anymore. I still do. I still choose sometimes to obey temptation when it comes my way. But in my deepest heart, I don't want to. I want to choose to obey God. I want to use the power of the Holy Spirit to live the kind of a life that's pleasing to Him. If you're not a saint, you can become a saint today, right now. You don't have to wait until after you die and some people vote on you and then you get voted into that celestial category. That's not the way it works, folks. We become saints right now in this world. 
when we hear the call of God in our hearts and we sense that conviction of sin and we feel guilty about our lives and we're ashamed. And we know that we're under God's judgment, but we also know that God loves us and provided His Son, Jesus Christ, as the sacrifice for our sins. And when we trust in that Savior and believe that He died in our place and took our punishment, then we can be transferred from being sinners to saints. Let's pray together. Father, this morning all of us gathered in this room are one or the other. We're either sinners or saints. My prayer would be that if there are those today who hear the call of the Lord and who are under the conviction of their own personal sin before you, that they would understand the gospel and would trust the Lord Jesus today and be saved from being a sinner and be given this new identity as one of your chosen ones, a saint. And Father, I pray that all of us who call ourselves saints may live that way and may make the new choice to obey Christ using the new power of the Holy Spirit that is in us because we have a new destiny, the glory of heaven. Father, fill us with the anticipation of that glory that is to come when your work will be complete and give us patience with ourselves now when we fail. And teach us to get up and to walk on as, as saints. Father, there are some who are gathered here this morning who are really in the midst of battle and struggle in their lives. Reassure them today that if they've trusted Christ, they're yours and that you're looking after their best interests. And may they sense today the wonder and the hope and the joy of being a saint of God. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together with me, please? If you today are struggling in your spiritual life and you'd like to have someone pray with you, even for a few seconds, I want to invite you to slip out and just come here to the front. We'll have some staff and elders who will be here. And they'll be glad just to spend a moment in prayer with you regarding your concern and need today. And if there are others who are in line in front of you, just be patient and wait a moment. They'll be able to get to you and spend a moment in prayer asking God to minister in your life. Thanks for being here and God bless you. Greet one another as you go and go in the joy that belongs to God's saints. We're dismissed.